Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to Best to the Nest. This is the podcast where we talk about all things home. We want you to make your home beautiful, delicious, happy, healthy, safe, wonderful, so that when you leave your nest, you can accomplish all of the things that you want to accomplish. I'm Elizabeth Reese here with Marjorie Punnett, and I'm in my nest this morning in uh, Manhattan, Kansas. Yes, you are. My hu- I can hear my husband singing in the background. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> you know, my mom always says that if you um, if you are with a man who sings, if he just if his nature is to just walk around and sing that that is a sign that he is a very happy at peace wonderful man so he is that but you know what else he does elizabeth he walks around a lot and talks to himself <laughs> what would your mom say about that she would say that might need some intervention but you know whatever that's right, that's right. <laughs> i love it i love being back with you marjorie i apologize for missing last week i was at my sister's wedding and the week was insane so i had no time to sit down and podcast with you which made me very sad i missed you too so much and before we get to what we're talking about today, which is we're going to talk about Kitchen Reno, which both of us have a little bit of experience with, and you're going to have quite a bit coming up. I first want to talk just a little bit about your sister's wedding, because I know that the Reese family can throw a wedding. It was a glorious glorious they event. They know what they're doing. Yeah, so yeah. Tell everybody about it, though. Well, this was the third and final wedding of the Reese girls, so I think it was kind of emotional oh. for my parents because my yeah. middle, so I'm the oldest of three girls. My middle sister, Katie, got married oh my gosh, probably like seven or eight years ago, and then I got married five years ago, and then Jenny, the youngest, just got married last weekend, and it was oh. a just fully delightful extravaganza. So she got married up in northern Minnesota, and the really fun thing about this wedding is, I mean, number one, it's a beautiful love story and Jenny and Craig are fabulous and we're just so happy for them. But number two is that Jenny's last name is Reese or was Reese. She married a man whose last name is Hershey. (laughs) It's a candy coated love story. So when she and Craig got engaged, now we talked about this for a long time because of course, you know, when I grew up with the last name Reese, it's spelled differently than the chocolate. But whenever we would tell people how to pronounce our last name, I would say it's Reese, like Reese's peanut butter cups or like Reese's pieces. Craig's last name is Hershey, also spelled differently from the candy, but they grew up always, you know, just making Hershey jokes or Hershey, you know, it was just the same thing. So when they first started dating, we were like, oh my gosh, if you guys get married, that is like the cutest thing ever. We could do so many fun things at your wedding. Fast forward to them getting engaged. My sister reaches out to a friend that she studied abroad with who had just left her position in public relations at the Hershey Company, which of course owns Reese's. And Jenny said, hey, I'm not sure if you guys are interested in this, but I think it could be kind of a cute story for like maybe your social media or something. She's basically trying to just get them to send some free candy for their wedding. I mean, that was like the whole goal of the conversation. Let's be real. It's about the free candy. 100%. It was about the free candy. Well, turns out, Marjorie, that the people at Reese's were about to launch a, um, a Hershey bar with Reese's pieces in it. 
That launched last December. So when they found out about Jenny and Craig and their Hershey Reese love story, the PR team lost their minds. And they were so excited. So they flew them out to Hershey, Pennsylvania to take all of their engagement photos at Hershey Park. They created their save the dates. They um, then flew them. I did not know this part of the story. It was crazy. Then they flew them to New York for the massive media launch party of this candy bar in December. (laughs) They had them. I mean, they were like interviewed on things they had them um they had these canvases made with photos of them all over the place i mean they were the launch couple at this candy bar party and then hershey sent 750 pounds of candy to jenny and craig's wedding created a massive candy bar at the wedding which just kept getting filled up and filled up with candy they stocked every guest's gift bag with like um swag like hats and cute winter hats and socks and all these hershey and reese's things plus tons of candy then they brought an entire production team to the wedding to do (laughs) videography and photography at the wedding which was held up in brainerd minnesota i mean they sent PR people from Hershey to spend oh, the weekend there and it was absolutely so much fun. So the story about their wedding has gotten picked up by brides.com, delish.com. It's all over the interweb and and she really was calling just to get some candy. Just to say, can you send us a few free bags of candy? Listen, budgets are tight. Weddings are expensive. <laughs> It was fabulous. So it turned into this really wonderful thing. And one of the most fun moments was during the reception. So she had, we we gave our speeches. So Tommy, the best man, spoke. And then my sister and I are co-maids of honor. We do co-maids of honor with our sisters for all of us. You have to. And we, um, so Katie and I both spoke. And then Jenny and Craig got up, thanked everyone for being there. And then at every table was at least one cake. Okay. So everyone had an individual cake at their table. and. love that idea. It, so fun. So fun. I just think that's brilliant. It was brilliant. Now, was so, this your mom's idea or was this a... This was Hershey, Jenny. This was Jenny's this, brainstorm. Was Jenny's idea. Yeah, okay. she's oh, brilliant. Idea. I mean, my mom okay. was amazing with a ton of the decor and Jenny yep. Jenny is an entertaining master. She's a master. Oh. So she's got these cakes at every single table and then one person at the table gets a little package at their place and inside the package is uh, a, a long candle, a book of matches that are custom with their names on it and then a a knife and a cake cutter like a serving spatula so jenny stands up and she says okay so everybody here if you have this little package at your table i want you to open it up right now and i want you to take the candle and put it into the center of the cakes mind you half of the cakes are hershey chocolate full chocolate cakes with hershey bars on them half of the cakes are reese's cakes so with peanut butter cups all over the top it was so fun everyone puts the candle in their tall candles and then she says now when i tell you i want you to light a match and light the candle and then I want you to stand back. <laughs> you have to you have to love a wedding where people are told to stand, stand back. back. So move away from the table. So everybody lights their match, lights it up and Marjorie these massive sparkler candles go off throughout the entire space oh. and they're like I mean it, it had to be 2 feet tall of sparkler just shooting up and it was the sparkle to get the party started. It was so fabulous and so fun and Jenny was so cute. I was sitting right there with her and she looked around and she said, this is exactly what I hoped would happen. (laughs) A true producer. Now, 
How many tables? Um, oh my gosh, there were probably, I don't know. I mean, they had like 230 mm-hmm. people at the table or at the wedding. So there were probably 20 tables because oh, the so center really table stunning. was a long rectangle one that was sort of the head table with all of the wedding party and their, and their dates. And so then really stunning. there were round tables all sort of like I did at my wedding, Marjorie, all round yeah. tables all around. Oh, so pretty. It oh, was, I just can't even imagine. Although I probably can because there was a whole production team there and they captured it all. It was unbelievable. So go to Best to the Nest. Go to our Instagram page. I will post some photos of that moment and of the wedding on our Instagram page so that you can see some of those images and check it out. But it was just really fun, you know, and I think what it does, of course, it's just a celebration of launching a life together and um, hopefully a party that really kicks off a lifetime of having fun, finding joy, welcoming friends and family into your home. You know, isn't a wedding just like a sort of like a bigger version of your home and what you want things to be going forward, which is like filled with love, filled with people you love, and of course, great food. The short ribs were well, sick good. Elizabeth, <laughs> if that's the case, though, then, you know, I, I I really was in trouble because the day we got married, it was an outdoor wedding. Yeah. And it was, we got married outside of Chicago. It was, I think, 80-something degrees the day the day before we got married. The day we got married, it shot up to 107 degrees. <laughs> That meant that you were going to have a hot and steamy lifetime together. Hot and steamy life. Seriously, the people were picking up the, um, you know, the utensils, the knives and the forks and dropping them because they were so hot. (laughs) So, yes, it's an indication of what was to come. I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Everybody will be able to see those pictures because I think that's just such a unique and wonderful and beautiful idea that they, I, what I kind of like about the small the small cakes at every table is that if you really were having a budget wedding, that is something you could create yeah. yourself. Yeah. You really could. You I know. could create really beautiful small cakes for every table and do the sparkler thing for almost nothing. I know. You it's could make such it. such a great idea. It was really, really fabulous. I loved also that she served all of the food. We did this at our wedding, too. She served it all family style. So. Yeah, I love it was just number one. It's really a way to make it to make the food better. I, I it's so yeah. hard for caterers to plate you know two hundred plates of food and make it hot and good. It's just very difficult. So family yeah. style makes it easier, and then you end up having some conversation. Like I love that being around a communal table together and saying, "Hey, pass the pass mm-hmm. the lasagna." Oh my gosh, I want those. That zucchini was so good. Pass more of that over. Hey, is there any salad yeah. left? You know, like yeah. I just love that kind of conversation and communication, which brings us to kitchen talk, Marjorie Bennett. Kitchens are so important, and I did not realize I did not realize that until probably this house. Seriously, it's so sad. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not a cook, and so you know, and I've I've, I've built a couple of kitchens <laughs> and bought a house here in Manhattan, Kansas, where the the that we bought it from had designed his own kitchen. He was a cook. It's so. Fabulous, and I realized that when when my whole family we were all here for Christmas, yeah. and my younger son Campbell is a pretty fabulous cook and loves to cook, oh. and his his Christmas present to us was that he would make every meal. Oh my gosh, I love Campbell. That's great. Yeah, it was amazing. It was probably our best Christmas ever because we just really never left. And just every night we were all together for about a week. Every night, you know, he would start cooking. Oh my and gosh, did he plan food. a menu and everything, Marjorie? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. For every night that we were together, someone needs to marry him. Stat, that's a really great quality. Oh, and I will tell you, it was such. It was 
the nicest gifts. That's what I told him when, when we were all sort of separating again. I said, Campbell, this was the one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever had wow. because I didn't even give it a thought. But what was cool about that was watching him cook in a beautifully designed kitchen mm-hmm. made all the difference. And I realized, like, oh, my God, I, I really I've made beautiful kitchens, but I don't think I've ever created a cook's kitchen, which brings us back to you because you're a wonderful cook. Well, listen, I love to cook. Cooking to me is it is therapeutic. It is calming. It really, what's what's kind of interesting is I planned where we live based around the fact that I love to cook. So yeah. when we were thinking about where we were going to move, we desperately needed more space. I mean, it was tight, man. It was tight. We were in our little house and um, we thought a lot about, okay, are we going to move out? You know, are we going to have a commute? We, You know, our kind of dream is to have like six acres in the country and have lots of yeah. chickens roaming free and get to have some yeah. space. But the problem is, is that, you know, we both work in the city and so the idea of having a 40 or 45 minute commute each way was just just became very clear that that was not feasible for us and so we decided to wait it out and wait till we could find something in the city that we um that we loved and we could afford and so fast forward to now and we bought this house and the main reason was i mean now i'm three miles from work i was four miles from work because i realized that i love to cook so much i love our family dinners are so important to me and if i had to drive 45 minutes or an hour to get home there's no way that we would be having I wouldn't have time to cook. I would have to be like figuring something out. So we bought this house then, Marjorie, with the worst kitchen I have ever encountered in my life. Last night, (laughs) I had this... I, you know, I like to I like to game plan for dinners. So last night I said, okay, I, I thought, okay, I want to make these pork chops and I'm going to brine them all day. So I made a quick brine, put the pork chops in a Ziploc bag in the brine. And then I thought I'm going to kind of pound them out because they were sort of thin pork chops. So I'm going to pound them out and then I'm going to dunk them in like a little flour, um, garlic powder, Ooh. onion powder, thyme, pepper mixture, and then just sort of shallow fry them to get like a little crispy crust in some avocado oil and some butter. Okay. So this is my plan. I roast some sweet potatoes and steam some broccoli. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I I usually try to race home. So I get like 20 to 25 minutes of cooking time before the kids get home and I can have dinner ready for them when they get there. It's just really great. And I, um, I cook on this electric stove in a tiny center island. And the electric stove is not like I had an electric stove at my old house. It's not ideal, but it wasn't terrible. This is a white electric cooktop from like 1980 and I couldn't even get the pork chops crispy because the burners don't go high enough to make it happen Marjorie oh no and God bless my husband because he knows so he came in and he's like what are we doing and I said okay well here's my concept this is what's (laughs) happening but it's like not executing well and I said so if this is terrible we're gonna make a Heggie's pizza (laughs) frozen pizza we're just gonna eat that and he was so sweet to me because he knew that I just was I'm just getting like defeated with this kitchen because it's just it's just like my passion to cook and it's been so hard to cook and so he just kept saying like these are really good these are really good and he's like and I get it I think they would have been amazing like your concept what you wanted to do would have been amazing because they just didn't achieve like the crispy crust that I was going for but he was like the flavor was really fantastic so anyway I'm in this situation where I have this kitchen with fluorescent lights white linoleum floors from 1980 something it kind of like smells like old cafeteria in there all the time the drawers (laughs) don't roll at all you have to just like they're wood you have to just physically pull them with all of your might and then like hope to God 
God they make it back in the spot. It's it's very non-functional. And um, so we're embarking on a big remodel. So we're in the process of getting all the, we've gotten our architectural designs. We're talking to our contractor. We're hoping to start construction in May. And then, um, you know, I'll be taking donations because I'll be totally broke. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me about when I look back about how important, and this is not, this is not a revelation. It's just, trust me, people, I know this is a revelation to me, not to the rest of the world, how important the kitchen is. Yeah. And I think it's partly, I grew up and I, I, I love my mother. I just love her, but she was not a cook. Yeah. You know, she was, she was a career woman and that was the most important thing to her. And, you know, my dad did a lot of the cooking. She did some of it, but it was basically sort of a crockpot life. It's exactly what you talked about, Elizabeth, of what you didn't want. Mm-hmm. Perfectly adequate food. But our meals growing up were planned around busy schedules. Yeah. It wasn't planned around somebody's passion to cook. And I think the the interesting thing is for me and you know for the last couple of years I've been producing food TV and so I talk to a lot of chefs. Which I just think and- is the most like ironic, wonderful, <laughs> joyful thing. Like when you were like I'm producing a food show, I was like, what? Marjorie, this is exactly what you need." And it is. It has changed everything about the way I look at food and what it means. And because Elizabeth, when you, you, when you and I worked together, I'll never forget this. We were talking about like our different editors for food. Because yeah. like when Beth and I never thought about it. No. I just don't think about I it. I think about it, it all the time. Yeah. And that's what you told me. I'll never forget it. You're like, you don't think about it. You're like, the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning yeah. is what I'm going to cook for dinner. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, really? Yes. <laughs> it was like so far. But now I get it. I get it because I've been around really good food now for three years. And I've been around people who are passionate about their ingredients and what they put in and what it means and what it means to their customers or what it means to their family. And it's so invigorating. It's It's so the baseline of where we all should start. My only regret is I'm not raising anybody anymore. <laughs> and what's so funny, though, is I think because I didn't have that, and my husband does a little bit, that my kids have it. And so inadvertently, they did not get it from me, but they have it. And I'm so grateful for that because that is not, I can't take any credit for that, but I know how important it is because so many of these chefs, Elizabeth, all of their best memories with their mothers or their grandmothers were about food. So true. And so that's the legacy. The legacy is you know, them standing and learning something, learning a certain recipe from their grandmother or having their grandmother's recipes, you know, passed down to them. It's so memory making. So back to why a kitchen, the physical kitchen is so important. So what's the plan? So the plan is to make it amazing. (laughs) The plan is to do a huge, gorgeous range. This is where what I'm really like investing in. I'm like right. making. I've ha- we've had a lot of discussion, and and fortunately Jay's really supportive about saying you're the one who cooks all the time, and he likes to cook too. But I do the the bulk of the cooking. Right. I think what we're what I'm really focused on are two things. One, a really large, beautiful chef's range. So I mean, Marjorie, we're looking at like this is this is going to cost me. I mean, this is how it there. It's going to be fabulous. Um, but it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. I'm I'm looking at this French range, which I'm deciding Uh-oh. if I'm gonna. <laughs> I know it's the French part. They just added about six 
thousand dollars to the price. I know. I'm looking at this French range, and I am thinking that it's going to happen because it will be the piece that we design the entire house and the entire kitchen around, and then oh. uh, and then the biggest island I can possibly get. So yeah. the island will have space for six people to sit around it and then we'll have a beautiful sink in the island and the um and the island will really be like the center gathering space and then just really like we want really classic light fixtures i want some a little bit of open cabinetry but really beautiful cabinetry that goes all the way to the ceiling we're gonna do like a pretty creamy gray with gold pulls and and a giant fridge the appliances are where i'm really i just don't want to compromise because i'm just like I'm going to do this one time. And I know that, and and there are other things that then I'm kind of budget looking at. Like we're going to do white subway tile. Actually, my mom has leftover from another project that I'm just keeping. And and we're going to do that. And we're also going to just do some, um, I just want the hood to be beautiful. I want it to be like a really great flow from the stove to the pantry to the fridge where I can just like move freely and have space. It's a funny thing because it's we bought a big house. I mean, especially for us, the house feels huge compared to what right. we were in. But the kitchen is the smallest, worst part. And that's the part where we spend all the time. You know, I think what's so fascinating is that we've learned that even through we we've been entertaining kind of sparingly just because of moving and then the kitchen. But everybody gathers in the kitchen. Even when it's the worst part of the house, Marjorie. I mean, we have like this big, beautiful living room with a sunroom attached. And we have the dining room that's on the other side of the kitchen. And everybody, even when we put food out in the dining room, everyone comes in the kitchen and stands around this tiny, crappy island. I'm glad that you're seeing that now. And this is always the beauty, too. I've I've built or renovated. We've owned seven houses, but I've built or renovated six of them. Um, This one we bought here, we really didn't do anything to except we added a little we we added a wall and made a little guest room, which yeah. we'll talk about at a future podcast because that was a little bit of a, a fight. So that, that'll be interesting. We'll talk about <laughs> that. But, but I always think, and when people don't live in their house before they renovate it, even though it's sometimes nicer just to sort of stay behind and then, you know, just come into your house as soon as it's done. Yeah. I've always felt like if you're renovating, it's better to live there first because you get a sense of the house. You get a sense of what it can take. You get a sense of how you're going to live in it. And I think it changes the renovation. Yeah. And not that that needed to be a revelation to you, but I think most people realize that really you've got to make that kitchen space big enough to be the gathering space because inevitably it always is. Yeah, it totally and is. I will tell you one of the biggest mistakes I made is when we, we owned a house in Atlanta and it was a Charleston style. It had three front porches, you know, all the way oh, up. It was a beautiful, fabulous. beautiful house. And it was a disaster. The house was a disaster. The person who owned it before us, I believe had worked at a, you know, home supply company. And so I don't know if he was using cast off supplies for the kitchen, but the kitchen made no sense. <laughs> and so we gutted it. And, you know, here's here's the other thing that you always have to be prepared for. So they go in and they start taking down the tapestry. They start taking down everything. And I get home from work and the contractor calls me. He's like, I've got bad news for you. Yeah, Which what did you you'll find? Get that, you'll, you'll get that. You'll get that too. Oh, I've yeah. Got bad news for oh, yeah. You. So I'm like, okay, what? He's like, well, there's no subfloor. Uh, it's completely rotted. No. So, oh, yeah. So the fact that the fact that the the workman hadn't fallen through the floor was kind of a miracle. Oh my gosh! So he brings me in, and I could see the dirt. <gasps> <laughs> it's a crown. And so we had to rebuild from the bottom up. 
And so that was an expense we weren't expecting. But that kitchen, here's the mistake I made. I built a beautiful kitchen there. I really did. But that was the mistake. I built a beautiful kitchen. I was trying to match sort of the the fussy nature of this Charleston-style house by building a fussy, decoratively beautiful kitchen. Uh, it was not functional. Yeah. And so I had this beautiful island which had like balustrades and, you know, beadboard. And it was just, it was it was gorgeous. Two-tiered, Elizabeth, a two-tiered island. I love that idea. Except it's not functional. Yeah. It's not functional. A two-tier ruins the whole point of the functionality of an island <laughs> and kind of even ruined the point of the gathering space. So you could sit up. So what it did is it made it sort of a cooking gallery mm-hmm. so people could look over you as you cook. But there was, <laughs> there was no interaction. There was no, it was, it was really, really pretty. Yeah. But it was, I realized like, I realized it was not, and it was really, really nice for entertaining, but it was not a functioning kitchen as it should have been. Yeah. And so I think that's the other thing you always have to resist, I think, when you're renovating, is you can make it beautiful and functional. I just missed the, the high functionality part. But, I mean, I know you've got that under control because you're a cook. Well, that's you exactly, yeah, mean. that's definitely what we're going for. And it is, um, it's something where... I just want it to be this space where we all spend our happiest times together. You know, last night we were sitting and eating my, you know, marginal pork chops and looking out the back window and the four of us are crowded, Marjorie, in this little tiny Eden space that we have right now. The table is, the table is so small because it's the only table I can like fit in there with four chairs around it and have it be in the kitchen. But like I have little babies, like we don't go to another room to eat dinner because I have to get up food. 15 times during dinner (laughs) to get more blueberries or more whatever, you know. So we eat in the eat-in kitchen, but I always ask every night, and this started in our old house when Bernie was probably, I don't know, she was probably like two. She was just learning to talk. And I would say, I would just say, what's so, okay, what was the best part of your day? What was the best part of your day? And and then we all have a conversation about what the best part of our day was. Mm -hmm. And it's become like this really lovely tradition. And if I don't ask it for whatever reason, Bernie will say, mama, you forgot to ask what the best part of my day was. And sometimes it can be something really simple. Like last night, it was Jay got the formal, a formal promotion from work that he knew was coming and it was very exciting, but it was yesterday he was formally promoted. And with Bernie, you know, she's still mastering potty training. So she says, I had no accidents today. You know, that's like a big deal for her. Or, or sometimes she says, I didn't have anything good today. I had a bad day, you know, I mean, but it still is that like that conversation. And then we sat together and my husband is a big hunter and we were looking out this back window. So one thing that we know that we love about the house is we have like this big picture window that looks out over the yard. And we are really fortunate that we have a big yard, especially by city standards. And it looks out over the chicken coop, which is great. So we want to maintain that view out to the yard with the renovation. But we were watching geese fly and then coming to land on the Mississippi River. And so then we were spotting the geese and we were counting the geese and we were all just looking together out the back window. And I thought, this is the most magical moment. Like, this is the best thing. And even though my pork chops did not turn out as I wanted them to, and even though I'm in this like less than desirable kitchen situation it is still the magic place where the magical connections within your family happen and it was just lovely it was really lovely you know and i think that that's that's the beautiful thing when we talk about best to the nest all of that starts with a really important decision 
you made a couple of years ago when you decided what's really important to me and what's really important to my family. And for you, it was being close enough to work that you were going to be able to get home and have a dinner ready and preserve family dinner time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of those decisions look different for every family. But I think what has been beautiful to watch with you as your family's grown is that things that you always thought you wanted, you've been flexible enough to know what's really important and sort of reorder those dreams in order to make sure that what's really, really important stays. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I think with you, Marjorie, what's been so amazing is to see this evolution of something that like maybe didn't really matter to you much for a long time in your life. You are Mm -hmm. just, you're so open to whatever experience happens and whatever new challenge is there for you that you found a new passion and it's just lovely. It's just really, really lovely. It has the people that I have met in the last three years truly have changed my life because to be around people that are so, I don't know. I, I, I love chefs. I love cooks. Like yeah. I just, I love, I love the way they think. I love their passion. I love that so many restaurants, it's hard, it's hard, hard work, Yeah, it is. but it is, it is for so many of them. It is, they have a service mind and they're mission based and there's just nothing better than being around people like that. Yeah, you're totally totally right. This is what I always wanted for you. I mean, it's just so (laughs) fabulous. Now I just have to pull out a pan. Oh, gosh, please. If you know good chefs, then it doesn't matter. They'll create their own nest for you at their restaurants. That's the truth, boy. We should. That's another topic for another day, uh, talking to some fabulous restaurateurs who recreate that nest feeling within their restaurants and make it so special for the rest of us. Marjorie, oh, gosh, we can't take another week off. I can't do a week off again. It's got it. I mean, it's just too much fun being with you. I can't either. All right, guys. Enjoy your day. We love you. Love y'all. Bye.